Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things uh, real estate here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. This morning, I have Mr. Dollar David Luque from Capital <laughs> Homes in the house. How are you doing, man? I'm excellent. How you doing, bud? Not bad. And I am your host, Michael Thayer from Waterstone Mortgage, and I'm MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. Apparently, we are the only two people that have alarms that work, other than yes. JT. <laughs> yes, and then obviously Mr. Jimmy. JT behind the glass. <laughs> that would be Jim. J-E-M. Jim. Get it? Jim. We have all these money references. Money Man Mike, Dollar Dave. I could be J-E-M. J-E-M. He's the Jim. There Dude. you go. Then why? Look, why are we doing this radio show? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't I don't know. You pay for it. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about some real estate, man. Some all money right. stuff. All right. Well, I'll just have to get my nickname in there. That's all. Hey, it's all right. I like it. We, we always like putting nicknames in here. You know how I do that. Mm-hmm. Got all sorts of stuff. Title Guru and then Clear Clear Title Chris Corvo from Midtown Title. Not here today. No, nah, unfortunately. He's the man, he's the man. Andrew Brewer, I'm not even gonna try to keep up with that woman. War Eagle. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. Not even gonna try. Hey, so it is 2017. Happy New Year to everybody again. Yay. Man, what about this crazy weather? I mean, sixties, fifties, stormy today. Last couple of days, and then a week ago it was eight. Yeah, the hot and cold will get you. Ouch, Jimmy. We were just talking about that. How hot and cold will get you? Yeah, that no doubt. Funky stuff going around the head coat sinus stuff. I've had it going on two weeks now. Just yeah. about to kick it. I think a lot of people do. You better knock on some wood about that, man. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. But no. But the hot and cold is really hard in the house too. But we'll talk about that later, though. How does that? How does that? I mean, the heat and contracting because you hear the house popping. Is that the Oh yeah, that happens a lot, but that happens in the summertime too, where you hear that see the house kind of popping Spain. and so forth, expanding, contracting, stuff like that, and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Because the everything will contract with the cold, but it contracts at a different rate. So, in my neighborhood, for example, I've got a, a city sidewalk that in the summertime it turns into the perfect skater ramp. <laughs> and I watch the kids launch themselves off that sucker all the time because the concrete expands to the point where the concrete will pop up. It pops up about six inches. Really? And the kids just fly down and they jump off that thing. They're having a good old time. <laughs> and then in the wintertime, when it gets cold, it relaxes and it drops down and doesn't pop up at all. Yeah. Does yeah. it create the like the Grand Canyon divide? Oh, no, no. And actually, if, if, someone ought to get out there with a concrete saw and cut it now so it won't pop up in the summer but i i enjoy watching those kids jump the <laughs> ramp so you know they're out there jumping the shark i might as well let them have fun at it right you should get out there with your own skateboard man show them how to do it you know i never rode a skateboard neither i did it once i found myself on my butt and i said that's not for me yeah. i'm done with this i have four little wheels I grew up out in the country, man. We didn't have any sidewalks out there, man. <laughs> yeah, there. Where would you skate out there, man? Yeah, you know, it's hard pushing those skateboards <laughs> through the through the goat manure. <laughs> get, wheels get stuck. Man, I'm a big dude. I mean, I'm better off in sports versus trying to do the roller rink or the skateboard oh, yeah. and do what all those little tricks were. But you, although you'd rather fall on somebody versus hit the ground, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. But man, what those guys do with those with the dirt bikes and the motorcycles and even the the um, snowmobiles where they do all the extreme stuff and they're jumping and flipping them everything yeah. looks cool. But man, I don't know if I'd have the courage to do it. I had my goal swing with banana seat. <laughs> that was me, baby. <laughs> 
you guys go out and build little jumping ramps and jump over things oh, and all this stuff? Jump everything, man. Yeah, I do remember that when I was crazy. And like, like I said, I grew out in the country. We used to go through the woods, and, and then I got a, I got a, a more of a mountain bike when they started coming out. I mean, that was when they first really started making them. I got a mountain bike. I used to ride my bike back and forth to work and stuff like that. We had a good time. And now these kids, they don't even know what a, a, a bike is. It seems like with the bananas, but yeah. the fantasy. Yeah. Do you remember banana seed? You don't know what yeah, it is. I do, do you remember, remember banana, banana seed. Yeah, yeah. banana seed, baby. I remember the they had the the little the loopy bar, then they went to the straight bar, but they were all that lower what I always deemed as the girl bikes, and then they finally <laughs> got the straight bars in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember back there and all the oh yeah, the girl spike didn't have the uh, centerpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the uh, the green machine big wheel? No, I don't remember that. Oh, that was cool. It was it was like a tricycle. Um, but it was low to the ground, Yeah. one big wheel up front, two in the back, and you had, like, shifting knobs like you're on a dozer or something oh, like that. Wow. You pedaled it, and you shifted, and you'd, wow. you could tear up some stuff with that. Oh, right. I had the good. original big wheel, and I rode that thing until the, to the, like, spikes or whatever you call it, like, whatever the support are inside the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, the spokes. The spokes, yeah. yeah. They started coming out of the wheel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it got to where I couldn't ride anymore because the ride was so bumpy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wore that thing out. Oh, um, man. Reminiscent uh, going down. Do you remember your first bike? Jimmy? Do, do I? Oh, yeah. What'd you hit? What did, oh, well, let's see. It was well, probably not far after the, the big wheel, actually. Um, it was a Schwinn. Oh, yeah. And it was purple and white. Ooh. And I remember it had training wheels on it. Oh. And my dad used to work <clears throat> second shift. Yeah. So, oh, no, no, it must have been uh, overnight at that time because I came home from school one day. And the bike was sitting there on the kickstand. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> what is that thing? I don't know what a kickstand is. Where are the, where are the extra wheels? <laughs> my dad's like, today's the day you learn how to ride a bicycle. And I was like in the first grade. And so I did that day. I had no choice. He wouldn't put them back on. Good for him. Yep. See, when I, so where I grew up, though, I mean, you, training wheels were not an option because they were more dangerous than just riding. Well, yeah, going yeah. through goat poo, I'm sure they oh, were. Oh, man, I mean, we could, yeah, <laughs> we were going through the hills and the woods and creeks and streams. I mean, we rode everywhere. I, so I didn't do, I, we didn't do training wheels. I, I learned how to ride my bike on a gravel driveway. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing more fun than falling down off your bike in the gravel. In the gravel. Oh, yeah, make you tough. Oh, Ooh. man. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, you try uh, not to fall. Yeah, you learn to fall and how not to fall really quickly. Right. You learn how to let's, fall properly. Let's not at fall. Least. Let's just not do that. Oh well, I guess we better get into a little. How about you, Mike? Stuff. We no, hold on. What about your first bike? What was your first bike, dude? It was blue, but I can't remember <laughs> if I had to say anything. It was a um, Huff or Huffy. Uh, Huffy. Huffy. Oh, my second bike. Yes, I remember Huffy. Know. And then uh, the other thing that stands out the most was a. We got a go kart for Christmas one year. Oh. I want to say I was maybe eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and my little brother he couldn't reach the pedals at the time, and it was a two seater, lime green. Oh wow! And it was cold, 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 and we had to start it up inside, mm. down in the basement, let it run, let it get, get warm. We took it outside. Yeah, so we get it outside, and I could go around the house and around the yard and have fun with it. put my little brother in it and I'm obviously shotgunning it and again he can't reach the pedals very well and ran us right dead smacked into our tree house oh, <laughs> <man. laughs> it's like bam 
no seatbelts, and we should have had seatbelts. That's great. <laughs> did you have coverage, though? I don't know what mom and dad did. Treehouse insurance, maybe? I think dad just went out there and fixed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was a the, lot of things deductibles, that dad had to go fix. The deductible is way too high, so he had to take <laughs> care of himself. I understand. That's too much. That is way too oh, much. Oh, man. The things that we remember when we were kids. Well, look, when we when we come back, right, we got to run out here pretty soon. When we no, come we're, back, we're, we're going to talk about ice damming, right? Ice damming. I always like when I say ice damming. People look at me like I have 16 heads, like I don't know what I'm talking like about. Like I'm looking at you now, like what in the world What the heck damming? is an ice dam? Well, they're going to have to just come back and listen to the second Jimmy, you know what ice damming is? No, he is teasing us big time. Ice damming. <laughs> you look at ice and go, I damn thee. I damn thee. Ice damn. <laughs> you have been listening to David the Dollar Man, Lukey. From Capital Homes is going to come back in a few minutes and talk to us about ice damming. Sure. Been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC, where you are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk about all things real estate, and this morning we've been talking about hubby bikes, swins, go-karts, and God knows what else we covered in our first segment. JT's getting the funk on, isn't he? Yes. Come on, this what, what was this one? What you don't that? know this one? Uh-uh. You don't even know the band? It's a deep cut. It wasn't a hit. No. It's Early Eagles. This is Eagles? From the Desperado album, the song called, song called Outlaw Man. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, you should check out some of that early Eagles, man. Good stuff. I like the sound of it, though. Mm-hmm. In any event, before we left for break a minute ago, David was talking about ice damming. Yes. What in the world is ice damming? Well, because we're on the radio now, people just have to go to capitalhomeideas.com to see right. the pictures. Or go to our Facebook page or go to your Facebook page and be able to see the pictures. But if you can imagine, this hot and cold yep. creates some water. Yep. And it also is cold enough to have some icing. Yes. So sometimes what will happen is ice will build up in your gutters or your downspouts. And okay. then as things thaw, the water that is coming down into those gutters and downspouts will roll up underneath your shingles mm-hmm. and underneath the felt paper and start to leak inside the house. And then what really can happen, you might get a little bit of leak that you never even notice because it doesn't even come through the insulation. But then that water that's there freezes. And when free water freezes, it expands. Yes. And it separates those shingles in that felt paper even more, pulls it apart even more. Uh-huh. And then the water starts to unfreeze. It starts to, to thaw out again and more water comes in. And then that's when you really get those problems where the water drips into the house because of the ice dam, usually in the valley of your gutter, you know, in the valley of your roof system, I mean, right where it comes to the gutter, right. that the ice will build up and not let the water out. The water will start to go up underneath go that felt yeah. paper, and then it'll freeze up, pull it apart some more, and then thaw out, and then drips right into the house. So I encourage everybody, after this kind of a hot and cold, hot and cold that Jeez, we've had, to just go around in your second floor or anywhere where... Your roof is directly above the inside part of your house, and look in the corners and just look for water damage, just small bits of water damage. And if it's just a little bit of water damage that doesn't require any further fixing, put some kills on it, paint it, be done. Well, well, no, not everybody's going to be 
I presume not everybody's going to be able to spot water damage, but I mean, you can see the discoloration in paint, but what else could you look for? That would be pretty much it. That's You're it. going to look for discoloration of paint. You might see some discoloration around your screws or your nails where your sheetrock is, okay. where it starts to rust a little bit. And you might want to just get up in your attic and make sure that your insulation hasn't been padded down too much by water and maybe fluff it. And, and if there's uh, any evidence of mold, get that out and replace uh, yeah, that. Sure. It probably isn't going to mold if your attic has good ventilation. Okay. That's not really the primary concern. If it does mold, it's going to show up in your sheetrock because that staining is going to continue to come through. But so you'd have a lot of water, though, if it's you're getting that much. You're going to get mold, though, wouldn't you? Sometimes you'll get an awful lot of water. We had about four years ago, three or four years ago, where we were getting phone calls from all around town from people who were having ice damming that was create, causing insurance-worthy damage in wow. their home. Uh, because it was so cold for so long and things were kind of thawing out. Mm -hmm. Now, when you buy a capital home, okay, we're going to take and put what's called ice and water shield in your valleys. So if you're going to get your roof replaced in the near future, one of the things that you want to ask the contractor that's going to do the job, and if you live in Davidson County, you can ask capital homes to do the job if you'd like. We do that kind of work. Okay, Ask them, are you going to put ice and water shield in my valleys? What's ice and water shield? Ice and water shield is just a real thick felt paper that has a sticky backside. And it's so sticky that it sticks down in that valley and water and ice can't get up underneath it. Not at all. Separate it out. Well, theoretically, not at all. Obviously, I can't say ever, ever, right. ever. But <laughs> yeah, the, the idea is that it's now stuck to your roof deck so that ice and water can't get up underneath there and cause that separation and cause that ice damage. Now, every capital home that's got, that gets built gets ice and water shield in the valleys. So if you got a capital home built in the last five years, you don't have to worry about ice damming. I feel like duct tape for your roof. It really is a very nice wide, three-foot-wide duct tape in that, in that <laughs> valley. Yeah. It's one of those things you really don't hear about or think about until, unfortunately, you experience it kind of things. Yeah, you know, and, you're, and you may have a home that survives a Tennessee winter 30 years, mm -hmm. and you get ice damming in year 31. It happens. It's <laughs> not that big of a deal. Try not to forget about it, but... It is something to kind of hey make sure walk around your house look for the look for water damage see if you see it especially as things are warming up and even if you're keeping your gutters clean and everything else it's still just the fact that it can roll up behind the shingles when it's dripping down yeah well if you keep your gutters clean you're really going to reduce the probability of it happens by a lot because yeah. the first thing that usually happens when the ice gets stuck in those downspouts is that there's a leaf or two with it too mm -hmm. um, but ice can dam it up devoid of any other vegetation. So, I mean, even if you do have perfectly clean gutters, you may still get some ice damming. But if you want to try to get ice damming, leave the leaves in your gutters, and, and that'll really make sure that that happens for you because that's a real big facilitator for ice damming is not wash out your gutters. You, know, you, you might remember we talked about that in the fall. Get your gutters clean. Get your Absolutely. gutters clean in the fall. Get your gutters clean in the spring. Yep. Keep your gutters clean. It's good. And and then the other thing that really helps ice damming, and I say helps kind of facetiously because, you know, I get to call, you know, to fix stuff and yeah. I pay to fix it. So, yeah, it's great, is gutter guards. Gutter guards are great for ice damming. If you want to have ice damming that causes damage on the inside of your house, put gutter guards on and then you'll get a lot of damage. Any gutter guards? All of them, yeah. Really? They are really good for that. Not, I mean, it's not... You know, obviously people like gutter guards that have them and they swear by them and the gutter guard people are cursing my name and sending me hate emails as we speak, I'm sure. But, uh, but you they, know. I can see it that helps in one way, but then there's an unintended consequence yeah. 
I won't put them on. I, if someone who has a home built from us, custom home, and they want gutter guards, I tell them politely do it right after they move in because I, I can. I mean, I've seen gutters, gutter guards been put in. My neighbor has some, mm-hmm. and just visually seeing how all of a sudden, if you started getting some freezing, oh yeah, water. Now it's starting to back it up even more, and it's oh, just yeah. like it elevates all that and escalates it that much quicker. Oh, yeah, real fast. Yeah. Especially in the corners. Just think of it, the gutter guard in the corner, and the ice gets on top of it. It doesn't take much for ice to get on top of it. It doesn't take long for it to go up under the shingles and the and the roof paper. You go from a nice slope on your roof to almost a flat surface to where water doesn't really run anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. I can see that. Totally see that. Gutter guards are are safer and more effective on a steep roof. More effective in st- on a steep roof. Steep roof. Yeah, on a shallow roof, they're going to cause you problems. Cause you problems. Yeah. And what is your website again that they can go check this out or get you to come out and do a quote or CapitalHomeIdeas.com, where you can check us out on Facebook, too. Capital Easy Homes. enough. Easy enough. Yeah. Jimmy, you got all that down, man? I got it. You've been educated today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can call it a show then, right? No, I wouldn't say hey, that. By the way, by the way, Jimmy, I'm, I'm in here in the studio and there's a what kind of rock and rollers did you have come in here last night or before us this morning? I can't imagine anybody was here this morning before us. What have you found? I mean, there's a microphone <laughs> laying on the table over here, yeah. screws yeah. loose, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, what the heck is going on? I wasn't on here, here over the weekend. I'm not sure. There was a party up in here. Yeah. Something, somebody had a good time. Yeah. Throwing a WLAC having a party. <laughs> WLAC. <laughs> You're just mad you didn't get invited, right? I am. That's what's ticking me off. <laughs> me too, kind of. Holy Oh, man. Well, we got to jump out to another break. When we come back, we're going to get into why a millionaire is telling millennials to buy a home. So you got a millionaire that's pretty much calling out millennials. And I won't say that it's going to go as far as saying you're stupid for not, but draw your own conclusions. We'll get into that article when we get back from this other side of the break. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things of real estate. Before the break, we were talking about a millionaire and his statement to millennials and that they should buy a home. So I'm going to give you a little fair warning. It's going to take a second to set this article up, but every bit of it's very, very important and will really make you think about this if you're a millennial or thinking about buying a home, even regardless if you're a millennial, regardless of your age and so forth. But this millionaire uh, by the name of David Bach uh, was featured on CNBC, and he's been featured on numerous shows over 100 times. ABC, CBS, Fox, CNBC, CNN, Yahoo, The View, PBS, and the list goes on and into published uh, articles from the New York Times, Business Week, USA Today, People's Writer, People's uh, Reader's Digest, Time, <coughs> excuse me, Financial Times, The Washington Post, The Washington Journal, blah 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 blah. So the people listen to what this guy says because he knows what he's talking about. And again, he is a millionaire. And there's one particular uh, recent article from that was featured on CNBC. Um, he was quoted by saying that by not purchasing a home is the single's biggest mistake that millennials are making. And that is because buying real estate is an escalator to wealth. So again, 
the single biggest mistake millennials are making is by not buying a home is because because it is the escalator to wealth. And then Bach went on to explain if millennials don't buy a home, their chances of actually having any wealth in this country are little to none. The average homeowner the average homeowner to this day is 38 times wealthier than a renter. And then he goes on and uh, references some uh, quotes from his best-selling book, The Automatic Millionaire. As a renter, you can easily spend half of a million dollars mm. or more in rent over the years, and that's based on just $1,500 a month in rent mm. for 30 years comes out to $540,000. Wow. And in the end, wind up just where you started owning nothing. Yeah. Well, and it's worse than that. Yeah. You know, because your rent may start out at, you know, our, people might be thinking, well, my rent's only $1,200. Where does it end up, though? But but 20 years from now, it's not going to be no. $1,200 anymore. It's no. going to be two grand. It goes up and it goes up and it goes up. Does the millionaire mention that it, the sooner you pay your house off, you can become wealthy? Yeah. Even if you don't make a lot of money, because think yeah. about it, you get your house paid off early and you have many years, say 20 years to put that mortgage yeah. into the savings account, mm-hmm. you're going to be a millionaire. Yeah, you know, and I, quickly. I, I, that was a great point. And I, and I, I was going to add to that real quickly. If you want to make sure that this prescription works for you, especially refinance your house when you need to refinance your house, refinance your house when it's good for you. My kid brother's refinancing his house because it yep. makes sense because he's getting rid of his MI, yep. okay, his mortgage insurance. But it, when you refinance, do not roll in your car loan, do not roll in your credit card debt, <laughs> don't roll, don't roll your loans. And I know that you sit down and you can do the numbers, and the numbers make sense. Yep. And that is the one, you know, I shouldn't say the one. It's one of the many things that I agree with with one of the local personalities that does yep. a radio show that's talking mm-hmm. about how to pay off your debt. I agree with him because you know you if you take and you pay off that car using your equity in your house, it's all it's going to do is encourage you to go out and buy another car. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you have four bags of trash and you put them on one bin, there's still four bags of trash. Yes. Yeah. And, and and the thing that deceives you is it encourages you to get another bag of trash. And you don't need the other bag of trash, for no. crying out loud. Well, go back. To, I mean, your exact point is the financial collapse. Yeah. People were using their houses as ATMs. Yeah. They'd go out on these trips. They'd run up their yes. credit cards. They'd refinance it, consolidate it all in, and they'd go out and do it all over again. Hey, Disney World is great. I love Disney World. We took my son there when he was 12, and it was great. And But if you can't afford to go to Disney World, you might want to go someplace else. You might want to go to Pigeon Forge. Yeah. And there's nothing you know, wrong with Pigeon Forge either. Not a daggone thing wrong with it. You know, just they need the support right now anyway. Yeah, don't don't use your home as a piggy bank. No, and I I know that's probably counterintuitive to what we do for a living, but you it know, Mike, it it's smart advice, man. Don't use your house as a piggy bank. No, and then another thing, and then we'll give Mr. Dave Ramsey. I mean, he everybody knows about the snowball effect. That is, yeah, one of the smartest things you can do is attacking your smallest debt, paying it off, and then taking what you've been paying on that, attack your next smallest, because you're getting monumental gains, you're getting that momentum, and you're seeing things happen quickly versus trying to attack the big one, and it takes forever and forever and forever and forever. So this is something really good. You know, my son called me up about five months ago, and he's living in New York. And so buying a home in New York may not be the wisest 
move. Yeah. Okay. So he was talking to me about buying a piece of investment property here in Nashville and having yeah. any management. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, I think that's probably a pretty good move because then he can participate in the wealth effect of owning real estate in a marketplace that's probably a little smarter to own that rental property than trying to own something up in New York. Because New York has got a few things that kind of make it tough. Mm-hmm. Tax, high, very high property taxes, very high maintenance fees because you're pretty much only buying in a condo building unless you got a lot of money, things of that nature. So one of the things that he said to me was, "Do I, I think I need to go out and get some credit cards so I can establish some credit. And my experience with mortgage lending is that if you have no credit, that you can always point to things that you actually have that are credit, like your cell phone bill and your alternative credit. alternative credit sources. And not having credit is not as big a detriment when it comes to a mortgage as it would be for getting another credit card or getting a car loan or things of that nature. Is that true or not true, Mike? It's true, but when you do have traditional credit, it opens up your options. Okay. That's, I mean, that's really all it does. It just gives you more options. It gives you, you have greater credit depth. Okay. You have. Um, so there is some benefit to getting that one credit card, yes. using it a handful of times, paying it off and never yeah. using it again. Yeah. And then there are also, uh, we've talked about uh, trending credit. That is how they're going to start. And Fannie Mae's already started this to where they're starting to look at your credit picture as a whole. Whereas when we pull credit on a borrower today, we get a snapshot of what it is today based on the way everything's been reported when the creditors report it, because not everybody reports to the credit bureaus at the same time. So it's this rolling picture, if you will. But we get the snapshot and it says, okay, you've made all your, you paid all your bills on time. Okay, great. But we can't tell if you've been making your minimum monthly payments, if you're paying more Mm. or anything like that. We just know where you're late or where you're not late and how many times you were late. With trending, it'll show you the trend of each credit trade line. If that balance is trending up, trending down. Got it. Are you making the minimum monthly payments? Are you making more than your minimum monthly payments? And you can get a better picture of somebody's financial health of how they're paying their bills on a monthly basis over a 12-month period versus that single snapshot. And we haven't we haven't been we haven't been really doing enough trending credit yet to see where they're saying you can take somebody that has no credit scores and actually get an approval. Got it. Whereas today, you're not going to get it unless you get in, go start going down the paths of getting alternative, alternative trade credits. lines and stuff like that. That's interesting. Okay, I have a credit question for you, Mike. Yeah. I sold my home a year ago. Outside yep. of that, debt-free. I don't have a car payment, no credit cards, nothing. Uh-huh. So for the past year, I haven't make, been making payments to anybody. Yep. So at what point is my credit going to get hit by that? Say if I don't buy a house in another couple of years, they're going to go, well, yeah, he did have a house, but he hasn't had credit in three years. Don't quote me on this without being able to look at the reference, but I want to say your utilization of credit is about 35% of your credit score. So, But as far as timeline, at what point will it start to disintegrate? 12 months. Okay. 12 months. Sorry about that. But at the same time, I've seen where people haven't used credit and – it just sits there stagnant, and it just doesn't change. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody's situation is totally different. I mean, it's just like going to the doctor and get a physical. Everybody's physical is going to come back different. Their blood work's different. I mean, well, my rebuttal is going to be: I lost my tail on that property, and I didn't let it go into foreclosure. <laughs> so you better give me a loan. <laughs> I'm sure your credit is stellar, <laughs> and you are fine. I will lend you the money, Jimmy. There yes. you go. <laughs> we see you every Monday. We know where you work. Uh-huh. I know. And every Sunday, and every Saturday, and God, every other day, we're in the studio. You're, be, you're to be commended, Jimmy. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people would have walked in. Said to oh, I, I, with it. I considered it, but I'm like, no, <laughs> can't do it. Well, we got some good news, and we'll talk about it on the flip side, where FHA recently announced uh, some changes to their MI rates. So we'll discuss what MI is and how that impacts you as a buyer. On the other side of this break, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. Have you missed anything about the early part of our show? Go out to the Money Man Mike website at moneymanmike.net or out on Facebook at uh, Money Man Mike Radio. If you don't know, we record everything video and audio. Obviously, audio because you're listening to us, but video, <laughs> you catch us. All Cap- the behind the scenes. Captain Obvious in the house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's early, man. Might have to point out a few things. They're still waking up. We've all already had our Java and what our, whatever our go-go juice is. Oof. But anyway, you get out to the website, man. You see the behind the scenes. You see where Jimmy makes us look better than we might have, should have looked at a particular moment or whatever. <laughs> Every day. And then the in-between segment chat that you don't even get a chance to hear is always uh, quite comical at times as well. So check it all out, out on the uh, website, moneymanmike.net, and Facebook, Money Man Mike Radio. But, hey, we're going to jump into our last segment here and talk about something that you guys are going to probably be like, man, this is boring. Why are we talking about this so early in the morning? But it's important. Hey, hey, affordability and saving money is never boring. I agree completely. So FHA, the Federal Housing Administration, just actually just announced that they are reducing the monthly MI. And monthly MI is mortgage insurance, which is... Really? Yeah. You haven't heard this news? Well, yeah, it just broke, so it's kind of hot off the press. But... The, the, we're going to get into the amount, but I want to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about first. Mortgage insurance is basically a required necessary evil, as I like to explain it. Anytime that you don't have 20% down, by federal law, you have to pay mortgage insurance, which is a, uh insurance premium that you're paying on behalf of us as a lender in case you default on the mortgage. Yes. So it's doing you no good. And defaults really went up a lot. In 2009, 2010, 2011. Which is why they increased the they, MI. So they increased the MI on, on a Federal Housing Administration loan. Correct. Now they just reduced it from 85 down to 60. Now, what does that mean for well, you? Let, let, me, let me slow you down real quick because okay. I want to make sure I understand. So there is the upfront MI insurance that you pay when you close on the loan. Yep. And it get it. It gets rolled into your loan, so it's yes. just basically part of your loan. Okay. And what's that? How much is that? Uh, 1.75% of your purchase price. Okay. So that's not the Lower part number. that got reduced. What got reduced is the renewal, the part that you would pay monthly. Monthly. Correct. Okay. So it got reduced by a quarter of a percent. A quarter percent. Yeah. Correct. Annually. Annually. So you take your loan amount. Okay. Times 
the percentage. In this case, it was 85. Okay. So so in Nashville, the median home price is right around 250. Yep, go with that. So let's say 250 and we're going to save a quarter of a percent annually. Annually. Okay. So we're going to save Let me make sure I did that right. Yeah, it looks funky. The calculation to get it's weird. You take well, take the loan amount times the percentage and then divide it by 12. So on a, I'm going to make sure I got this right because this seems really high to me. On a $250,000 home purchase, you're saving about $50 a month. That's exactly right. I calculated exactly $52 a month. That's exactly right. Uh, that's real money. Exactly. I mean, That's really fantastic. I mean, that's a couple, couple ch- uh, tanks of gas. Or, look at it this way, that's more money going towards the principal. Absolutely. Yeah, you could do, you could go that approach with it. Yeah, you could put another fifty dollars a month towards your principal. And if you don't think fifty dollars more towards the principal mm-hmm. is a big deal, go out and Google amortization chart, and then show your existing mortgage mortgage and add in fifty dollars more a month and see how quick you pay your house off, and okay. how much you save. And, and let's frame this another way too, because there's another way to frame this. I think. Okay. Okay. So before the election, interest rates were right around what percent? Uh, for conventional, say three, five, three, seven, depending on credit and so forth. Okay, and then after the election, rates have kind of jumped up a little bit. They've they've come back a little bit, kind of bounced around back Relatively, and forth. Yeah. Okay. What have they gone to? They went up to about four, four and a half to four point seven five. Okay. What are they at right about now? I say four three to four five. Okay. So interest rates have gone up about. Uh, Just say a five, point. about fifty basis points. Oh, you could do that. Yeah. Am I, or am I understating it? Is it about 80, 80 I, basis points? I would go closer to seventy five. Seventy five so yeah. basis point. What I mean by a basis point is seventy five a point seven five percent is what they've gone up. And they call that a basis point. Or in real numbers, say four percent to four point seven five percent. Okay, there you go. But by reducing the MI a quarter of a basis point, I mean, 0.25 or 25 basis points, Correct. that that increase in the interest rate, you just got some of that back. Absolutely. So if you're out there and you're thinking, well, interest rates have gone up, maybe I've missed the boat, I may have missed my opportunity of affordability, President Obama just gave you some of it back. I don't know if it was Obama, but the Federal Housing Association did. <laughs> <laughs> Department of HUD just gave it back. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's part of his don't legacy to, or don't whatever. Don't want to take sides. Huh? All right, I understand. That I wasn't completely. being political in one way or the other, but yeah, no, but no. I mean, but that's but that's real money that, that you're saving. That is, it's not money that you can write off your taxes, right? Because MI is not deductible, nope. whereas interest rate is correct. Um, and it's it's real money. I mean, it's not you know kind of some kind of nebulous loan information. Yeah, it's not pie in the sky, hocus pocus. It's it's a quarter of a percent that you're getting back. And to drive home that this is real, real money, we went and did some scenarios on a couple of different files that we're currently working. And you hear us talk about debt-to-income ratio, which is uh, DTI, we refer to as the acronym. But if you're DTI, you get caught in this change right now where rates mm-hmm. are going up and you're already at a high DTI. And then something else on your loan changes, which it happens. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you're over the approvable debt-to-income ratio limit. Mm-hmm. So now we went from having a completely approvable loan to where we don't have an approvable. The loan. rates ran you out. Yeah, it, it gets you out. And then we've got a, a scenario for another client where something changed on their income, mm-hmm. and 
it's no longer what it used to be. So yeah. we have the income working against us. Mm-hmm. We have rates working against us going up. But now how we have this MI coming in to save today basically to help reduce our DTI. And it reduced, in this particular client's case, the DTI by two points, wow. two percentage points. Wow. And do you think two percentage points, big deal. Yeah. Well, one hundredth of a percentage points in a DTI makes a big deal. That is the difference between getting your loan approved wow. and not getting your loan approved in some so, cases. So what are the dates on this? Because we, we talked about the yeah. change. When does this change happen? The cool thing about this change is that it's not tied to traditional FHA changes, which is based on case numbers. And that okay. is basically the file number or your Social Security number, if you will, for your loan file. Okay. It is tied to a closing date. So we can take anybody that we've already pulled case numbers on, and as long as we close them after January 27th, they get the new lower discount. Okay. So let's talk this through because I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Generally speaking, when FHA makes a change, is you, if you've already put in your application, you stick with the old rules. Based on that time of the application. Because the, they assign a case number when you make your formal application. Correct. Okay. In this situation, they're saying... We don't care when you made your application. We only care when you're closing. Absolutely. And so if you are out there today, right now, getting ready to close on an FHA loan, and your lender is saying, we'll close on the 24th, and he hasn't called you up to say, no, 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 wait till the 28th. Correct. He's not helping you out. Correct. This is why I use a professional that knows the rules, who reads the rules and guidelines. Correct. So that you can take advantage of this really very, very current pertinent information and save money. Absolutely. So you got to go to moneymanmike.net so that you can deal with the pro that reads the rules, reads the guidelines when they come out so that you get the benefit. I I assume that we've got – you and I have a customer that's supposed to close the 26th? No, the 24th. 24th, yeah. I assume that we're rescheduling them for the 28th. Absolutely. Okay. That's, that's no problem for me. I'm okay. Hey, hey, Jimmy, did you hear that endorsement he just gave? Everyone needs to call Money Man Mike and be done with it? Absolutely. I heard that. Hey, wrap the show, dude. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. that, that's important. And I hope, hopefully, people have sellers that'll be flexible because they'll understand a quarter, per, a quarter of a yeah. percent is a big savings. But, I mean, if you have a loan that you're – hopefully you're listening this morning and you calling your loan officer this afternoon and saying, hey, I hear if I wait a few days, I save some money. I want to save some money. And if they're not aware of it, go out to our website at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio. You'll find the HUD release that goes through and outlines everything entirely. So you can say, hey, Mr. Lender – you need to check this out. I want to delay my closing, and here's why. And if they won't push it back, call Money Man Mike. Absolutely, man. <laughs> we'll fix it, man. We'll get you redone. <laughs> Some way, somehow, we always do. <laughs> we take a lot of fallout from other letters, but that's you know different situations and subjects. But no, seriously, though, it's this is a boring topic, but in this case, it's real money. I don't think so. This is exciting. This is really exciting, I think. But I, you can I save money, and, and it's really it's it's about... I imagine, although I haven't read, I haven't read the release. I imagine it's because they've finally balanced the books, because just like the flood insurance program that the federal government runs, mm-hmm. uh, FHA's MI was a little underwater after the the Great Recession yeah. because of all of the defaults, yeah. and they must now be back above water and be in a position where where they're able to okay, we've got the security that we need to be able to lower these rates. Yeah, if you 
think about it in the recent news, they talk about Fannie and Freddie, how basically they never can um, – they're never showing profitability with the way the conservatorship is because they pull all the money out of their yeah. accounts every month and give it to the federal government. So yeah. they can never have any kind of savings or fallback account, you know, and that's the same thing with FHA. They drain it. Yeah. But now they've recovered everything and it's back in a healthy situation and therefore there's no need for the So it's able to stay, you know, and most of these government programs are designed to try to stand alone Absolutely. when they can. And but they also have the guarantee and surety of the federal government behind it yep. as necessary. So obviously it's back in the black. Yep. Everybody gets to save money. ACDC back in black. There you go, man. <laughs> save some money. And, and and rock on. That's Absolutely. really fantastic news. Absolutely. So go out to the website, moneymanmike.net, or on Facebook, Money Man Mike Radio. Check it out. Jimmy's giving us the wrap. we got to go. You guys have a great day and a great weekend. Talk to you next week. See you. Bye.